desire to see your glory. But we thank you that we beheld it when you sent your son, when you revealed your long suffering and your kindness and your love that never abandons the work of your hands when you sent your son to show through him your love and the power of forgiveness, the power of long suffering and loving kindness. When we beheld the glory of your mercy, praise you this day. We glorify you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We desire more of you as we enter into the Holy of Lords. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we praise you. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Would you just turn to somebody and hug their neck, shake their hands. Tell them I'm so glad you're here today. I welcome you in the name of Jesus. I just welcome you. I bless you in Jesus' name. God good or is God good? Can you give the Lord praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Well, we welcome you today. So glad you're here. So glad we come to celebrate. I want to tell everybody by our internet church hello. I know Rick and Kathy's in California. The Lynches are back in Georgia. And everyone else who watches from all over the place, we welcome you. Glad to have you today. Even in other countries, the Lord bless you. Aren't you glad you're in this country today? Aren't you glad this is your country? Hallelujah. And we just want to tell you ahead of time, happy Thanksgiving, and we know you're going to have an awesome week, an awesome time, and we just pray the blessings of God upon you. Um, you know, the youth had Battle of the Bands Friday night. How many of you young people were there Friday night? Huh? Come on, let me hear you. Oh, come on, let me hear you. Well, anyway... It was almost two, about 200, they counted, 200 young people here and had a wild time. Got a number of calls from the neighbors because it was too loud, but had a good time. Shelby's not here, huh? Shelby, where's Shelby? She's in class. Oh, that's true. She teaches because I was going to have her help me here. I feel like some type of rap spirits on me. The rapper used my microphone. <laughs> I feel something on this microphone, and I think a rapper used it, so I don't know what it, yeah, I don't know what it is. But anyway, uh, I'll try to get out a rap. And uh, anyway, I didn't wear my blink blink, so I can't do it anyway. But uh, they had a great time, and it was awesome. So we want to thank all the volunteers. A number of people came to chaperone and uh, just watch, and we, we just appreciate that. I want to read to you out of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to read out the message translation. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. I love this in the message. I, I wish I'd had time to get it up here for you. Philippians 1, 19. This is what Paul's saying. I'm going to keep that celebration going.
going because I know how it's going to turn out. Huh? Come on, huh? <laughs> I know how it's going to turn out. In the King James, it says, I know I have an expected end. But he says, I'm going to keep the celebration going. Even though it's not going too good right now, I'm going to celebrate even right now when it's not too good because I know how it's going to turn out. Amen. Oh, see, I feel that rap coming on me right now. Amen. And, uh, you know, I don't, is Sister Cindy in here today? Sister Cindy, she, I know she's in the office. I don't know if she made it in the auditorium yet. But, uh, you know, uh, the Secretary of Church um, uh, Administrator, Cindy Furman, she was in a terrible car accident after church last Sunday, told her to car. And, and listen to this. Last Sunday, around 2 or 3, the doctor went into her children and family and told them, uh, asked if she had a living will and if they would sign the papers to put on her respiratory to bring her back or to resuscitate her. That's how bad it looked. And she went home Thursday. And she's in church today. Come on, is our God our God? Is he the true and living God? My wife and I, we, we rushed over to the, we, we saw her with a number of others at, at the car and they took her out and she was uh, unconscious and they took her to the ICU and we walked in there. She was in a coma and uh, they were talking all these things and had all these tubes and everything. And uh, we walked in there. We prayed. A number of people were praying. And uh, just a few minutes later, the doctor came out and the report had already changed. She was awake and she was talking. And uh, she hasn't shut up since. And, uh, but uh, it, it, we just praise God. We have an amazing God. And as we sang today, and you're going to hear in the message throughout, he's the God who can fix you. Huh? I wish I had a little bit of cold play going on right now. Fix you. When tears are streaming down your face, he's able to fix you. When you feel like you're down and you can't get back up again, he can fix you. He's the God who fixes the brokenhearted. He's the God who mends and heals the hurts and the pains. He's the God who takes away the rejection. He's the God who gives you a brand new beginning. He's the God of creation who starts all things anew. And we pray that in you today. And he said, he goes on, and I'm going to keep celebrating because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. And he says, I can't hardly wait to finish my course. I can't hardly wait, I'm sorry, to continue on course. And I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. I love that. I can't wait to continue on my course. I can't wait to have an opportunity to make it where I failed yesterday. Even though I have failed in the same area time and time again, I can't wait to continue on my course because I know I'm not going to be embarrassed because he who begun a good work in me is going to finish. The scripture there in the King James says that he will empower you by his living spirit. Is Darren here? I married a couple just a few weeks ago. Darren? Who works at Clico? They, they must be on vacation too. A lot of people on vacation today. Anyway, Darren works at Clico. And maybe it's good he's not here because I know a lot of people are going to hit him up after church to knock, his knock the electricity bill down. But anyway, Darren works at Clico. And we married him on Clico Wake a few weeks ago, him and his wife. And he was telling me that they only, at that time they only had one generator going. But they have three more or something like that for backup. And he explained all this stuff that was above my head. But it's just amazing how much extra power is available just in case they need it. And I couldn't understand what he was talking about, but there is something I can't understand. How many of you seen The Grinch? 
And you remember when they put all their Christmas lights and the power was going down and all they had to do is go flip that switch and then they had the power come back up? I can understand that. Well, I want you to know when you feel like you're going down, you can't make it. There's a switch of the Holy Spirit that is connected to the power of the Spirit of God that when you feel like you're going down, there's always more than enough. I mean, just the nostril of God opened up the Red Sea. Just a finger of God kicked Satan and a third of the angels out. Just the little finger of God kicked all the hell out of heaven. And it's the power of God that is able to kick the hell out of your life and raise you up and give you a success. And that in no way are you going to be embarrassed because the power of God is available to everyone that believes. So don't give up and quit. Don't turn around and run back. Come on. Keep going forward and let God rescue your lives. Can I hear a praise the Lord, somebody? Hallelujah. So I want the ushers come forward. We're going to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. I want to ask you to pray. If you hear of a good car uh, for our secretary, because she'll be driving in a month, but uh, she uh, needs a car. And if anybody wants to uh, help us, she, she don't know this, so she's not in here. We, we want to help her out with uh, a lot of uh, medical bills, but also a new vehicle so she can get to work. Because uh, she wants to ride her son's bike, and that bus won't be good right now. So uh, anyway, I just want y'all to pray. Y'all just be praying for her and that all the needs are met. And keep on praying for one another. It's so good to see everybody healed in Jesus' name. Huh, Pam? Happy birthday from yesterday. And there's not one sick or feeble among us in the name of yeah. Jesus. We got a God who's sufficient, and he's turning on the extra power. You may feel like you're draining all of heaven. So many people say, Pastor, can I say two? I need two prayers and not just one. Do you think God can answer two prayers? But maybe let's just pray for one because I don't know if God can answer two. Listen, God can answer all your prayers because there is power in the name of Jesus to meet every need. So we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Gracious and compassionate, so to anger and rich in love. Oh, yes, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, so to anger and rich in love. And the Lord is good to all And He has compassion On all that He has made As far as He kisses from the west That's how far He has moved on transgressions of
Yeah, let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah, let's thank Him. He's worthy to be thanked. All of His blessings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, living. Amen. I tell you, to make it a lifestyle, for the Lord is good. But you wouldn't believe it by the way some people talk and the way some people live. But we're going to change that, aren't we? We're going to give glory and honor to the Lord. I want to share a few things with you, and we just want to bless, bless each and every one of you with a great thanksgiving. You know, there's over 300 million Americans right now living in, 300 million people living in America. 90% are going to celebrate Thanksgiving. We're going to spend an hour and a half at least eating Thanksgiving dinner. An hour and a half. And we're going to eat, and then we're going to sleep, and then we're going to eat some more, and then we're going to sleep some more. And they say 80% of Americans are going to travel at least three and a half hours. 80% of America are going to watch at least three and a half hours of TV. But listen to this. There's, oh, there's 300 million Americans, but we're going to consume 535 million pounds of turkey. We're a hungry nation, aren't we? And that's not counting the ducks and the chickens. That's just the poor turkeys. 535 million pounds of turkey that 300 million people are going to eat. That's not bad, huh? But how many know Thanksgiving is just not about food? How many know some people had a vision that they were tired of living under suppression and slavery? That our forefathers had a vision that it's time to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. They wanted to come to this country to evangelize, and they wanted to come to have freedom of worship. We've taken that for granted in many ways. We've lost our first love. And by losing our first love, we lose a thankful heart. And God wants to stir that up in us today and, and bring us to the point where we can really appreciate Him for everything that He's doing. And one of the scriptures I want to share with you here, Thanksgiving. He gave me a story. How many have a story? And I want to in introduce you to your story and introduce you to the story that each and every one of us to have. And in Psalms chapter 50, verse 23, it says, it's the praising life. Say that with me. Praising life that honors me, says the Lord. You want to honor me? Go beyond the lips and go beyond the deeds Honor me by a praising life that honors me. As soon as you set your foot on the way, I'll show you the way to salvation. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. But you can't ever lose when you do a lifestyle of living and praising and worshiping God. One of the translations says, those who respond by restoring pure worship are saved from impending judgment. He says another way. He says, those who worship me, I will prepare a way out. It says, he who worships me. That word, if you're taking note, means he who appraises me and values me, I will honor. You know, many of us have homes or we're buying our homes, and the appraisal determines the taxes, what they appraise your house at. And if we all want our appraisals to go up. Well, how many of you know God wants your appraisal of him to go up? And when we walk around and, oh, life is so discouraging. Look what life, life has given me. Look how bad my life is. You know, that's not putting very much appraisal on God or faith in Him that He is able to change things that seem to be drowning you and tearing you apart. 
Our appraisal of God ought to be the, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind for everything that he's done. It's the praising life that honors me, and I'll show you salvation. Psalms 92, 1 and 2, we saw it a while ago. It is good. Say, it is good. And it says, to give thanks to the Lord, sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. If you have nothing else to praise God about that you can think of, you can praise Him for His unfailing love and His faithfulness. How many can say today, thank you, Jesus, for being faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you in the morning and in the evening. From the morning rising of the sun to the setting thereof, the name of the Lord should be praised and glorified in worship. Unfailing love and your faithfulness in the morning. We see in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20. Giving thanks always. How much? Always for how many things? All things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. You know, your marriage would be better if you give thanks. And I thank God for you. I thank God for what a wonderful wife or a wonderful husband or what a helpmate. I thank God for my job. Everything that you would increase and appraise higher would go up in value if you just start praising it. If you just praise it, it goes up in value. It means more to you and you would protect it more. Look at this scripture. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Thankfulness, thanksgiving, thanks living is what's going to save our life. Look at Colossians 3, 15 and 17. And let the peace of God rule your hearts and to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Look at Jim and say, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or do, deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can you just give the Lord praise and can you thank him right now for all the good that he has done for you? Now, I'm getting to some points here, and I want you to see here, in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 5, I want you to read this, and I'm going to spend some time on this part here. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, and when, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the, de the, uh, the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. But God, thank God for but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he, he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And raised us up together and put us on the right hand of God. What I want to share with you for just a few minutes, we need to increase our first love and understand that everybody here has a story. And somebody, and God has prepared you and your story to go and tell people that you wouldn't normally tell about what he has done for you. This Thanksgiving, you're going to give him thanks, not only by word, but in deed in telling your story about what God has done. Now, I want to give you a few things here of what it means in the Greek, this study in Ephesians here. One of the things it means in the Greek that, G, that Jesus was raised from the deepest, lowest low and was raised into a new dimension. 
And the word in the Greek means that Christ became an exhibit. He became an exhibit. He was put on exhibit. First of all, he was exhibit A of our sins and our trespasses. He was put on exhibit on the cross as the wrath of God and as the, uh, the, the, the sin that God could, could not even stand to look at, that he even had to turn his face away from his son that was bearing our sins. But then he became exhibit B as God was able to take him and raise him up and put him into a new dimension. And that God was able, it says in the Greek, to break off all the influences of hell. He was able to break off death. He was able to break off the power of sin. He was able to break off the power of the curse. That when he raised up Christ, he broke off all the power and all the claims that the devil had on him. So that you and I could identify ourselves as exhibit C. That as God was able to raise Jesus up from the dead, he's able to raise you and I up from the dead, break the things that the devil had on us, and it says that this world, when Adam and Eve fell, this world, in the Hebrew it says, became, when Adam and Eve walked out of the garden, it became a slave market. And it says, when we walked according to the course of this world, you and I were exhibits, and we were, uh, we were manifesting the slavery under the power of the enemy. I want to thank God today that we've been redeemed from the power of the enemy. And I thank God that I'm not an exhibit of sin, sickness, disease, and death, and hell. But I want to thank God that you and I have been born again and redeemed. So now that we can be exhibits of the glory of God that raised us from the dead and brought us into a new place with him. Amen. He exhibited his power of resurrection in Jesus Christ. He took us out of being in the slaves and made us sons of the Most High God. It says in verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love wherewith He has loved us. That's the day that mercy met wrath and there was no more arguments. Listen, on your life right now, if you're a child of God, there is no more arguments. The devil has no more claims to your life. He has saved you. He has freed you. And he has adopted you as his own. And no matter where you've been in the past, there's no more claims on your old man. Now the claims are that you are raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. The Lord had mercy on us. And verse 5 says, When we were dead in sin, he made us alive together by Christ Jesus. When there was no hope, and you may feel that way today, there's no hope and there's no peace. You feel like you're all the way on the bottom. There's nothing loving about you, nothing to be loved, nothing worth saving. He says, I'll show you that I sent my son to the deepest of the depths to bring him back up to show that I'll go right there where you are. I'll meet you where you are and I'll save you by my grace. Now, I want to share a story with you today. It's not a typical Thanksgiving story, but how many of you know the story of Jonah and the whale? And you may say, what does Jonah have to, and the whale have to do with thanksgiving? Well, this is the thing about it is, is that God is, wants to show you that everyone has a story. No matter how low you get, he's able to save. Now, I want you to read here with me. It says, so the captain, you know, the storm started coming and everything. It says, so the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? How I many know there's a lot of sleeping Christians? He says, Arise, call on your God. Perhaps you, your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for what cause the trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us, for which cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What's your history? What's your country? And what people are you? They wanted to find out, what's your story? What's your history? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, 
who made the sea and dry land. Then the people were exceedingly afraid and said to him, let me catch you up with me. Verse 10. Then the people were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea is growing more temptress. And he said to them, Pick, up, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea will become, become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. I want to share with you today, every one of us, we've all come from a dysfunctional lifestyle. And there's something very interesting when the Lord led me to start studying about Jonah and to preach to you about Jonah today. And listen, if you don't hear nothing else, I want you to hear this. For the last four or five weeks, I've been speaking about a suicidal prophet named Elijah and how he was on the run. And as I was preparing for Thanksgiving, seeking God what to preach, and as I started reading Jonah, it dawned on me. I'm reading about another suicidal prophet who was on the run. And I just felt the Spirit of the Lord was speaking. He says, I'm speaking to someone in this church who's running from the presence of God. This is the fifth week, and I never put Elijah and Jonah together, but they both were running away and wanting to die. And it's not by an accident that you are here, and you're hearing for the fifth or sixth time, that it's time to stop running and it's time to surrender and yield and move and live once again in the presence of God and stop living in the presence of where you have been for the last few months or years. He keeps speaking to you in a special way. You cannot outrun God to where God is not going to find you and God is going to get you. You may say, I can run and I can hide here and I can hide there. But the thing about it is, God is everywhere. And God will meet you in your dysfunctional state and bring you to a place of thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. The fish. I want to show you something here about the fish. And if you're taking notes or if not, I want you to hear this. The fish speaks of the sovereignty of God. First of all, God sent a storm to catch everybody's attention. Then he sent a fish to swallow up Jonah when he was thrown over. And then God kept him alive three days and three nights in the, uh, the belly of the whale. And then God had the fish that he had sent to swallow Jonah throw him up on dry land. And then when Jonah was through, he sat underneath a vine that God caused to grow miraculously to give him shade. But then when he started complaining, God sent a worm to eat the plant and then God sent the east wind to bring the heat. Wherever you may be right now, you may be in the heat. You might have lost your covering. You might be in a place right now where you just feel so miserable. And you may, like Jonah after three days in that whale's belly, you may look miserable. But there's a God who's using sovereign things because he's the Lord over all things. He's using these things to try to get you to stop running from him and run back to him. This is going to turn into a thanksgiving like no other because if you have been running from God and if you are away from God, he's been putting sovereign things in your life. He's been moving miraculously in your life to get your attention again because there's no place you can run that he's not going to catch you and he's going to wake you up and he's going to cause you to come back to the point where you cry out and you weep and you see God for who he is. 
I want you to hear the thanksgiving of Job in Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In the message translation, it says, Then Jonah prayed. Isn't it something you, you say, Why am I going through this? Probably because you're not praying. Probably because you're not living for God. Probably because your life isn't right with God and he's trying to get your attention because he wants to save you and he wants to use you. And even though you say right now your life is so dysfunctional, he's going to take that and he's going to heal that and he's going to bring you to a new point. And it says, then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish he prayed. In trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God and he answered me. From the belly of the grave I cried, help! And you heard my cry. You threw me into the ocean's depths, into a watery grave. When ocean waves and ocean breakers crushing over me, I said, I've been thrown away, thrown away out of your sight. I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight. My head was all tangled up in seaweed. And at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root, I was as far down as a body can Go. You may feel that way right now. You may feel that your marriage has hit rock bottom. You may feel like your life has hit rock bottom. He says, I went as far as a body can go. And the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. But look at that word there. Yet you pulled me from the grave alive. Oh my God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God. And my prayer got through to you. I'm thankful that whenever I've even made a mess of my life, I am thankful today, even when my life doesn't make sense to me or my loved ones. I am so thankful that though I did my best to try to live the life I wanted to live, and I made a mess of my life, and I made a mess of my children, and I made a mess of my friends, and I made a mess of my business. You may be here today thinking you've made a mess of everything, but Jonah is an exhibit of the power that just like God raised Christ from the dead, he raised Jonah from the dead, he raised Jonah from the depths of a spiritual separated life from God and used him to, with a story to tell others about how God can save even when you hit rock bottom. You may be here today, you may be saying, there's nothing worth saving. There's nothing worth salvaging. You may be here today and say, there is nothing worth even trying for anymore. You may be here today saying, I quit. There's no use. I've tried and tried. But it says, I remembered God and my prayer got through to you. And made it all the way into your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, will walk away from their only true love. But I am worshiping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving. And I'll do what I promised I'll do. Salvation belongs to God. Then God spoke to the fish and vomited up Jonah from the seashore. You may be saying today, when are things going to change for me? Well, God is saying, when are you going to start praying the prayer from where you are, not asking me to get you out, but praying where you are, then I'll command the situation to vomit you out. I'll command the change into your life. But before you see me move, I want to see you move. And I want you to start praying and thanking me for the end results before you're even out of it. 
I want you to live a life of thanksgiving and faith, and then I'll command the changes and the circumstances to change in your life. Now, there's three other things I want to share with you that this fish represents. Number one, it represents salvation. If you're taking notes, write that down. Salvation. Jonah was about to die, and God saved him. He says, I'm all the way to the depths of hell. I'm as low as I can be. The place of the dead. But listen, even in the place of the dead, even on the deathbed, you can cry out to God and he will hear you. And your prayer will go all the way into his holy temple. Many are distressed in their home life, their marriage, they're distressed. And Jonah, listen, Jonah was running from God because he was trying to find a way to fix his life. When we get to the point where we're as low as we can get, we try to start fixing our life. We start scrambling and trying to find ways to fix it and make it better. The only way your life is going to get any better and change is today, surrendering totally to the perfect will of God and letting God be God. Amen. I shared with you all ago, uh, some of you know that group Fix You, uh, that group Coldplay, and they sing that song, Fix You, and they sing the song that says, When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but can't sleep. Stuck in reverse. Boy, I tell you, that sex is a lot there. Stuck in reverse. And the tears come streaming down your face. And when you lose someone, you can't replace. It says then, and I will fix you. What this Thanksgiving is going to be about this year and today is that God is mending and fixing what is broken in your life. You can't continue living a broken life. He's come to save you. And just like he saved Jonah, he wants to save you. He wants to give you a story. How many of you know that you can't manufacture a way out of the circumstances you're in right now? There's people that are coming all the time and they're meeting with us and calling us and sending us emails and they're going, I don't know what to do about my life. I can't fix my life. You cannot manufacture a way out of where you are. You can't open a new business and expect it to succeed when you felt it the last unless you first put God first and you learn to follow Him. Unless you fix your heart, you'll never fix your business. Unless you fix your heart, you'll never fix your marriage. Unless you, until we accept the salvation of God and we see that He rescued us from the lowest lows of our life, the deepest depths of depression that you've experienced... It's some of the highest highs that God can do, fix you. And so, but the thing about it is, write this down. You, sometimes you have to be low to really learn how to cry. Because sometimes God cannot use you till you learn how to cry. Can make it right. 
God, we could cry out to Jesus. The Bible tells a story about Jehoshaphat. You just turn the lights on for a little while. It says in the message translation that I'm no match for this problem. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. You know, a lot of us, when we get into rock bottom, Jonah could have easily said, God, why don't you just raise somebody up in my place to do what you wanted me to do because I failed at it. But God went through all that he did with the well, the storm, everything. Because he didn't want to raise somebody else up to take Jonah's place. And he doesn't want to raise up somebody to take your place. Do you hear me today right now? You've been running. You're hurting. And you're ashamed of where you are, but God is not going to raise somebody up to take your place. You're an original. He wants to save you. He wants to fix you, and he wants to use you. And the reason you're crying in the depths of the place where you are is so that you can comfort those who cry in the depths of their life. There's some things we never learn until we get to the point where we have to cry out for Jesus. Therapists don't do it. Doctors don't do it. Medicine don't do it. The preacher don't do it. Nothing else does it but Jesus. And when we get to that point where we cry out to him and he, we become dependent on him and not our mate. We become dependent upon him and not other people. That's when Jesus can take you to a whole nother level. He'll hear your voice. So how many are thankful that even in your lowest low, God can hear your voice? Can you give him praise for that? Can you give him praise for that? The next thing I want to show you. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 3, Jonah says, You throw me into the ocean depths, into a watery grave. The second thing that the well represents is redemption. I couldn't save myself, but he paid the price to save me. 
There was no way I was getting out of this situation. I was going down to the deep depths. Redemption means to buy back and to put back on the right course. You need to thank God that he is redeeming you today. And if you're on the wrong course, he can put you on the right course and show you the way. Even though you were a mess. How many of you know it says that seed weed was around Jonah's head? He was white as a ghost. He stunk to high heavens. He didn't look like he was worth anything, but he was still the messenger. You may be here and you may have paperwork on where you've been, who you were, what you've lost and what you've done. You may feel like you're the least adequate for God to use. And God is saying you're exactly the one I need to make the changes that are about to come. You may feel like you're not qualified to do anything. And he's saying, I've made you qualified. Because when you were at the bottom, you've come to know amazing grace. And you've come to know what I can do for your life. This is the story he'll give you. Who is this king of glory That pursues me with his love Haunts me with each hearing Of his softly spoken words My conscience a reminder The forgiveness that I This King of glory who offers it to me. Who is this King of angels? Oh, blessed Prince of peace, revealing things of heaven and all its mystery.
Hallelujah. Can you praise Him? Are you thankful that God orchestrated the different ways to get you back to where you are today? And even right now, things unseen. He's the creator. He's creating a comeback for you. He's creating you to be rescued. And you have, may have been swallowed up in a divorce. You may have been swallowed up in addiction. You may, may have been swallowed up in the most de deepest depression you've ever been in your life. You may be going through some of the worst circumstances with your children that you've ever known. I'm holding a, someone's clothes right now that needs a miracle in their life. And their grandchild needs deliverance. And we're believing that their spirit of God is moving and bringing things. There's people here that the spirit of God is moving right now to let you know that he is orchestrating a way that you're going to come out of the deepest depths and lowest lows that you've ever been. And he's making a way for you to have your comeback. He didn't only redeem you. He didn't only save you. He, in those places, he's prepared you. The next thing I want to share, you, share with you as I get close to end here is that Jonah was prepared even in his lowest state to end up being a voice to win a whole city, the wicked city, to the Lord. Listen, in that place of the lowest low, in that place of death, he learned to cry, he learned to pray, but he also was prepared. When Moses was in the desert, that desert, the wilderness, all, at the end, God didn't call it a desert place. He called it a holy place. You may be a place right now, you don't understand why the life is not coming together, why things aren't working together. You may not understand why you feel like, well, God can't use me, God could never use me. Listen, he showed us through Jonah, he made an exhibit. If I could take Jonah, and Jesus even preached out of Matthew, he says, I'm going to be three days in the belly of the earth like Jonah was in that whale's belly. And as I was able to save Jonah and God is going to raise me, I'm going to show the world I can raise you out of anything you're stuck in, anything that has swallowed you up, anything that has swallowed up your hope, anything that has swallowed up your future. The Lord is wanting to say, I gave Jonah a future even when it looked like it was an end. And you may be at a place and you may be saying, I am the least candidate for God to use. I ran from your presence. I messed up. I wanted to die. I did everything I can to ruin my life. And God is saying, yeah, but when your life was ruin you cried out to me the best that you could and in that place where you cried out to me you learned to cry out to me and by crying out to me that cry turned into a prayer that penetrated into the very holy of holies and right there in the midst of that desert spot right in the midst of that which has swallowed you up and took all your hope and all your cares and took all of your life and suffocated you and brought you to a point where you thought you had no future you didn't know that I was making you a candidate to send you to the worst and the most vilest of sinners because I was going to give you a story that I sent you to a place I prepared you in that place and then I brought you back to go tell others that if God could save me and have mercy on me God can save you and have mercy on you if God could prepare me the farthest place in the world he could prepare you right where you are you may hate your job you may feel like your job is miserable you may feel like you're a prisoner in your own marriage and you cry yourself to sleep but instead of feeling sorry and feeling like you're like you're life is at an end let those tears be turned into ministry let that cry and that prayer even when your husband's back to you and he's not giving you love and attention and you feel abandoned you feel like nobody's there to care just let right there in that presence of God let the Holy Spirit rescue you he is the Lord of all glory and he's going to be glorified through your life no matter what a mess God has tried to make God the devil has tried to make it become you may feel like you're the least of all candidates. 
Well, the Bible tells us about a blind man who had saw nothing but blindness all of his life, but God opened up his eyes, and he went and started telling what Jesus had did for him. The Bible tells us about a woman whose name was Darkus. She died, and he raised her from the dead so she could continue ministering in her little ministry to those people in need. He, raised, he went and talked to a woman at well who had five husbands and was living with a man. And he changed her story, and she went, and she says, Come on, I want to tell you everything that God told me, everything about my life. But God has also told me there's something coming forward that he's going to satisfy me and fulfill me in a way I've never been fulfilled and in a way I've never been touched. He, he, he took the woman who had seven devils, and she became the the first evangelist to tell that he's not dead but he's alive and he's appeared and he told me to come to you he'll take the least candidate he'll take the most unlikely he'll take the most wretched the most miserable the most worthless person that they feel like they are and he'll take them and he'll make them the most valuable loving anointed full of the holy spirit full of the word of god and he'll raise you up and whatever excuse he'll say he'll tell you like he told jeremiah and he told isaiah stop telling me about your excuses stop telling me that you can't talk like Moses stop telling me that you're a kid like Jeremiah and Isaiah stop telling me because you have a past didn't I say your past has been covered by my blood and there is no past I'll take the person who've lost their mind I'll take the person who have lost everything they own and living in the street under a bridge and I'll take that person and I'll raise them up to a new height and I'll take you to a place you never wanted to go to change people who never wanted to be changed but just like I did a work on the inside of you I'm going to do a work on the inside of them it took some Somebody who, listen, I, I don't know where you are and what people God needs you to tell, but I'm telling you what, your family reunion this Thursday, that Thanksgiving day, you're probably going to meet some of the most wicked people because we all have them in our families. You're probably going to run into some people you are just dreading when they walk through the door. But the whole reason you've been crying and praying for this whole last year it's because God wants you to tell them your story. And you may say, I don't know how to testify. Just tell your story. You're the one. You're the one to bring them to Jesus. You're the one to tell them about how Jesus saved me, redeemed me, and has prepared me. To tell you what changed my life and what to change yours. You're the one this week. It's not just a holiday about our, our country. And tonight, please come back. I've got a 24-minute video of the first Protestant church that was raised in America. It's awesome. Very good quality. I want to invite you back tonight at 6 to see that. But this holiday is not just about the pilgrims and Thanksgiving. It's about you being thankful enough to tell those you come in contact with about what Christ has done for you. You can tell them, look, you know, you know I, I did meth. You know I was an alcoholic. The whole family knows that I stole money from my parents time and time again. And nobody wants to be around me. Nobody loves me. Nobody accepts me. But I found somebody who didn't give up on me, and his name was Jesus. I'm the first one. You can tell them I'm the first one to tell you. I hurt my marriage. I pushed my children out in the world. I was the worst example that they've ever seen. I was a hypocrite in church. Because the truth was, I wasn't a Christian. I was a sinner. But yet I could play the part and get away with it. But there were little eyes on me. And there was other people who knew the truth. 
you can tell them, yeah, you've heard what I've done. You heard the things I've done. You know I've got a record. You know I, I can't get a, a job here or a job there because I did this and I did that. But what I can tell you, above all those things that I did, Jesus came to me one day. And he took his blood and he covered all those parchments that was written against me. He took everything that was against me and all my wrongs. He took all those sins and everything you know about me that what is true. That was the old man that's been covered up by the blood of Jesus in a tomb that will never rise again. I'm a new person. I've been saved and redeemed from the lowest low. And I'm not going back. Because I'm thankful for what God has done for me. He saved me. He redeemed me. And now he's going to use me. And the worst sinner, the worst thing you could have ever done, the worst thing you have done, the worst condition you may be living in, is just going to be put on exhibit of what, how Christ can take that and not only save and redeem it, but use it for his glory. He's going to make you a preacher. He's going to make you a teacher. And every one of you this week, I say in the name of Jesus, he wants to make you an evangelist. He wants you to go and tell everyone you will come in contact with the story how Jesus changed your life. Now, if you hear Daniel say, my life has not been changed, then you need to be saved. Because change and Jesus goes together. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. That won't change you. That just make you feel like you got a halo. But no, your horns are still there. When you come to see Jesus, when you come to know him, your life has to change. And your life will change. Let's bow our heads. And I felt so strongly that as I got into this book and I never put it together, by the two prophets we spoke about that were on the run. I just feel like there's somebody here, maybe somebody by internet, but I feel that somebody here, that you've been on the run. You've made all the excuses. In fact, you could write a book of excuses. But the truth is, every one of them have failed you too and failed those that you love. If you're here today and you're running in your relationship with God, you know you're not where you're supposed to be. As we start this week off of Thanksgiving and giving thanks for all of our blessings, we want to give the angels a reason to rejoice and give thanks today that one who was lost is now found and he who's been running has surrendered their life again to Christ. If you're here today and you know you're not where you're supposed to be, I want to invite you just to raise your hand right there where you are. Christians praying, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just raise your hand right there where you are. I see that hand there. God bless you. I see that hand right there. God bless you. I see another hand back there. God bless you. I see another hand right here. God bless you. A hand over here. God bless you. Christians pray. You know you're not where you're supposed to be. You've been running. You've been running from others. You've been running from yourself. You've been running from the God who is able to rescue you, who has orchestrated all kinds of things to bring you back to him, to rescue and change you. You've been crying, but your tears have not been in vain. You've been praying. Your prayers have not been in vain. He's heard you. He's ready to change you inside and out. He'll not only change you, he'll equip you, prepare you to use you. 
There was hands that went up. You raised your hand. Would you please stand? Christians are praying. Would you please stand where you are? Those who raised their hand, just please stand. So you today will say, I want to surrender. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Stand right there where you are. Just stand. There was others. Please don't be embarrassed. There's others. Stand up right where you are. Yes. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. 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 Anyone else today? You say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my, I need to surrender my life and get rid of my sins. And I need him to help me where I'm weak. I need him to rescue my life. My life has been a mess and I need him to rescue my life. I don't want to continue as low as I've been. Anyone else today? I want to ask prayer warriors to come up here. I want to invite you to come up here. Those who are standing, would you come? And I want, I want some people to come and receive them. Come stand up here, please. If you want your friend to come with you, your friends can come with you. You don't have to come by yourself. We're family. We're family. Christians pray. Christians pray. This, this is a divine appointment. This is a divine appointment just as it was a divine appointment for Jonah. It's a divine appointment for these today. Come, come. Come stand. I want believers to stand around them. God bless you. God bless you, brother. It's so good to see you. I want you to know that there's no one who cannot be repaired. There's no life that's not repairable with God. If I'm talking to you, come up here now. If you feel like you've made such a mess, there's nothing left to be repaired. There's nothing to even work with. Come and stand with these right now. Anyone at all. Don't leave here without first getting it right today. He's able to repair and heal your life. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? He loves you. He's waiting for you. He's waited for this moment. He brought you to this place at this time to bring you where you are right now. He loves you with such an everlasting love. Anyone else? Would you come? Would you come now? Would you come? Would y'all look at me for just a moment? God bless each and every one of you. And thank you for coming and surrendering. The Lord loves you as much as he loves a brand new baby just born. Who's never even had a chance to do any wrong yet. It's a new start. It's a new beginning. The enemy would want to do nothing else but to torture you for the rest of your life that you'll never be successful. You'll never make it. He could never use you again. He might have tried everything he could to just tear you down and trip you up and tell you there's no hope. But the devil is a liar. You may be going through a divorce. You may be on some special medication. You may be feeling like you've made a mess of your life and there's nothing to rescue. But he, everything you are is worth being rescued. He couldn't replace Jonah. He couldn't. His heart wouldn't let him. His heart won't let him replace any of us. In, it says in the, our mother's womb, he wrote a book about what he desired to do with you. And we live our life trying to mess those plans up. And we write our own book and we make our own way. 
But thank God, it, there comes a day where we finally surrendered everything that God planned for us, everything that God wanted for us. He brings us to that point where it can be restored and rescued all over again. Our God is such a merciful and a loving God. And He wants us to be thankful for our first love, which is Jesus Christ. He's able to save and rescue, make all things new, heal. Thank God He can heal our heart like nothing else can. Thank God He can fill that void. He can fill you with that love and that peace that nothing else can. And thank God for the lowest that we go just means a higher high we're going to walk in. The greater the battle, the greater the glory. What the devil thought was an exhibit of the power to bring down, God says, I'll make an exhibit of the power to bring up. That's why we don't give up and that's why we don't quit. Oh, hallelujah. She came up. God bless you, sweetheart. Would y'all please, every one of you, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we're saved. We become a new person. We become born again. The old is buried and the new man in Christ comes alive within us. So would you put your hand upon your heart and just pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud and pray it with your heart. Pray right there from the depths of the lowest low. Pray right out as Jonah did from the well's belly. And he cried unto the Lord and the Lord heard him. Just cry out right there. Whatever the sin is. Whatever the wickedness is. Whatever the addiction is. Whatever the pain is. Whatever the cause may be. Jesus died for that cause. And Jesus died to destroy that wickedness and the hold and the addiction and the barrenness. He gave his life to give you life. And today and right now, he is going to give you life. Because he was your sacrifice. So right now, with all of your heart, pray this with me. Dear God in heaven, forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me. For running away from you. This day. At this moment. I surrender. To you my God. And Jesus. I confess you. As my Lord. And my Savior. Wash me. And cleanse me. In the power. Of your precious blood. And I thank you. I am saved, I am forgiven, I am brand new. What you started, you will continue. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God bless you, my brother. Hallelujah. New things, new beginnings, new beginnings. Hallelujah. They're going to write down y'all's names. The Father, the angels are rejoicing. God bless you, my brother. New beginnings. The Spirit of God, new beginnings. <laughs> You're a good God. You're a good God. God bless y'all, God bless you. Brother, new beginning. Huh? That's not a bad trade. Our old life for his new, huh? 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 That's good, huh? Huh? Isn't it great? <laughs> Brand new. 
brand new, brand new. Welcome to our family. Huh? Welcome to our family. First time here. Well, you're ours now. You're God's. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you guys. Hallelujah. Love you, man. Bless you, dude. Love you. Let's give the Lord praise. Come on, let's thank you. Hallelujah. Let's thank you. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We announce tonight. I'm going to pray. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. We're going to pray, but before we pray, just remember tonight we have a video of the first church established in America. You don't want to miss that, so come back out tonight. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day, Lord, the service that we've had. God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for the souls that have entered into your kingdom today. We welcome them, Lord, and we thank you, God, that you are going to bring everyone safely home and back tonight. In Jesus' name, be with all the families over the holidays. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say amen. Just thank him one more time.